0: And page 49 is the beginning of the second parak of the, uh, the section that we're in on Hashgacha. The title of the parak is B'mikre Haminho Olam hazeh, regarding the circumstances and the happenings of a human being in this world. So letter Aleph, Hine. Tevarhik damne. We have already said earlier, he yos brias hamin Anoshi, that the purpose of the creation of a human being, l'sheizke, is to be zoche, v'yagia letov Amiti, to reach that which is truly good, shahu ha'histabkus boisparaf lo lamhaba. and that is a state of great closeness to Hashem called Devekus in Olam Haba. So the ultimate purpose of our creation is to reach that state of being. When we will be there next to our Kaddish Borahu in a state of great Devekus, that's why we were created, to reach that level of existence. The Nimset. So we find Shesof kol Gilgulav, that in the end of all of our goings on, all our events, all occurrences, hinehu ha la-olam haba. The final stop there is at Manucha in Olam Haba. Emma? Okay. Emma right here. where the it says okay. v'amnam. Well, v'amnam, however... Gozra haChachmal Hayana. Hashem decreed in His wisdom, Hayos that it's only fitting and right, That first we would have to go through our mats of our situation in Olam Hazeh in this world, bound to and limited by the laws of the nature of this world. Because this is the true preparation, to reach that ultimate goal, which is Vekus, And according to this foundation, all of the matters of this world were arranged and ordered by Hashem. To be preparation and a, a time and a place for a person to work on themselves. To that which will be ultimately in the world of Tachlis, the world of tachlis, the world of tachlis. So the Ramchal there states very concisely, what he discussed earlier in this forum and of course one of the foundations of Yiddishkeit that we have to go through all the various things in our world in order to be properly prepared to reach our destination in Olam Haba so the real destination is there is Olam Haba but this is what we have to live through and struggle with climb, grow that's what this world is about Similar to the uh, Chazal and Perkayavos, that the Olam is the ultimate place, the Ulam, and then this world is the prosdor, it's the passageway for us to get there. Okay, so that's one principle. And remember, as we said last week, the Ramchal is always building a structure and laying one principle on, upon another until we have a more complete picture. And he does, goes one or two at a time. This period of preparation, which is olam hazeh, it turns on two axes. One is personal, and the other is collective. And both of these two dimensions of the Briya are always, so to speak, on Hashem's mind. Every individual in creation and also collective mankind. Hoishi, the personal, hu inyan kiniyas ho adam That is when each individual person acquires their shlemus, their completion, with what they do. Vahakloli, and the collective, hu his hamin is the establishment of man- cl- mankind, bichlalo, in general, la olam haba, for the world to come. So we have the individual person and going through this world to reach their Shlemus, and then we have the human race going through this world to ultimately reach its Shlemus. And more specifically, we're talking about individual Jewish people and Kla Yisroel hu. So let's explain this. Ki. anoshi Nivra Being that a person was created with the Yetzir Tov and the yetzer Ra and with freedom of choice. That's Dafka Hashem wanted us to be here. Therefore the possibility will never be held back. B'chalokov, in some people, lihiyos me'hem tovim, u'me'hem ro'im. Some people can be good, and some people can be bad. So God creates a human race with Bihira. People will go this way, and people will go that way. V'sof ha'gilgal, but the end of all things, of everything that transpires, sori sh'yihiyah, must be Shayudhu Harain, that those who are evil are cast aside. Because remember, at the end you're left with only good. So somehow along the way that which is Ra needs to be set aside, dealt with, which we'll talk about a little later. Vikubsu Hatovim vey usamahem clawchut. And those who are good will gather together, they will be gathered, and from those this klal will be made. That to that general group of people, that which is ultimately good and olam haba is destined, and they will attain that there. So as mankind on a whole, on that level, when mankind gets to that point of complete tov and shlemus, everybody in that collection of people will be tov and sholem. There will be no Ra left. Now he didn't get to yet how that happens. That's coming up in the safer. Now he's just stating the principle. Then there's another one, letter Gimel. Now we're on the top of page 50. This very same principle of freedom of choice. Shamachriafshorus Shazakharnu Bekelke Hamin onoshi Which, when it comes to mankind, allows for some to be good and some to be bad, if they choose. It could be that all people, if you think about it, with Bechira, all people could become good, all people could become bad, some would become good, some would become bad, they're all possibilities. But that very same principle that with bechira it can go whichever way people true choose on the whole on the collective. <speaking in> Hu <Hebrew> machriach This compels that very same possibility, gamkain kol ish hamin, for every single individual amongst that klal, and this is what he means shaulam. <speaking in Hebrew> Fshar Shayihu Kulam Tovim Roim within one individual person, one man, one woman, it could be that everything they do is good. They have Bahirah to do everything good. It could be everything they do is bad. Could happen, those are the extremes. The shar and it's also possible Shayihiyu Kitsam Tovim Ukitsim Roim that some of their actions will be good and some of their actions will be bad, which is, of course, most people. So just like humanity as a whole, because of Bihira has possibilities for the whole human race, that very same setup within one person follows the same principle, that one person can be totally good, totally bad, or somewhere... Good and bad in terms of their masam. It's the same principle of bechira. mimasha ma'akev kibutz So therefore, this bechira life that we're living, and on one hand, it holds back. It's ma'akev, the kibbutz, the gathering of shlemim, a shlemish people. How does it hold it back? Because at the end, you have to have all good, and and you don't. You might say, because in one person you can already find inyanim tovim good things and bad things that they do in one person. al and for Hashem to pay attention to some of that velo al hashar, and not on the rest. In other words, Hashem to say, "Well, we'll just let those things slide," right? So God doesn't do that. Even if the one that God would pay attention to would be the majority of things and therefore the things he wouldn't pay attention to would be the minority, so we'll just say, just let it go, it's just the minority. That is not justice. It's not true justice to just let something go. Because... The deen, the judgment states, it dictates, shakol Asim yugmalu, that all actions have to be considered and compensated for. Hain Gadolim, Hain Hain Harbe, Hain Maat, whether they're great, whether they're small, whether they are many, whether they are few, Mishpat, Mishpat Sedak is that Hashem looks at everything and all things need to be taken care of. So we hope, of course, that. What we do is good. We hope that most of what we do is good. That's what we're striving for. There are very few perfect people in reality. So we at least we hope to be to be striving that most of what we do is good. But Lamai said, the, the things that we don't do which are not, somehow have to be taken care of. There has to be some tikkun for that. Al-Kain, okay, therefore, gozra ha Now the Ramchal is going to start over the next couple of pages to play this out because there's a lot of possibilities and many options, so to speak, for how to deal with this tov and ra outcome, which is almost inevitable when you have b'chira. Therefore, ha <inaudible> Hashem, therefore, decreed in His wisdom to divide a gamul, compensation, retribution, whatever word you want to use for it, a response to our actions. Bain whether it's reward or whether it's punishment. Bishne Hashem divides it up two times and two places. and that is Shahine. When you look at most of somebody's actions. They will be divided into the majority of what they do and the minority of what they do. Vyudan Harov the majority will be judged on its own, Bamakum Uzman in its time and place. Vahamiut Levado and the minority will be judged on its own. Bamakum Uzman Harauilo in its time and in its place. So as we have stated, Kamosha Zoharnu, the ultimate Gamul reward, the ultimate state of being, is in Olam Haba. the Yehiiye And what we're calling sechar, which is often translated kind of poorly, as a reward. What we're really talking about is Hisshoir, haAm, Hazoha, nitzchi Lehistab, kuspo, ysporach that that person who attains the zechus, those merits, will be eternally close to our Kaddish Lanetsa. The onesh, and what would be the ultimate onesh? That would be Hayoso Nidcheh, Mehatov Haamiti Vaovei, to Chasu Shalom, be cast aside from that true good, and to lose out. That would be the worst thing, to have no portion in it. Now we have a principle, of course, Every Jewish person has a chalik in olam Haba. So can keep that in mind as we're talking about this. So the deen regarding to get devekus or to lose out on it, it is judged and determined by the majority of what one does. Now, I want to let you know that Ramchal now is starting from the most basic place, and the first paragraph or two we learn about it will seem very black and white, and it is black and white as it's presented. However, it's going to get more and more nuanced and defined and qualified as we work our way through the parak, and it's not so black and white as it looks like at the beginning, but it starts out that way. Yes, Dori, please. Yes, so the majority, you know, will be take a person that will leave a person one time in one place that will be handled, and the minority has a time and a place for it as well. So each will be taken in, will be taken in account for by Hashem, okay. but each in its own way. Ach, tovim asher so let's say you have a wicked person but this wicked person did a few good things in their life. So somehow those have to be rewarded because if they're not, that is not mishpat. It's not true justice. Or you have a righteous person and they did a few bad things in their life. That also has to be taken care of. So I did a few things, but the mishpat states it needs to be handled. You must say Olam Hazah. For that we have Olam Hazah, this world, sav, sav, with its great successes and pleasures and enjoyments, and with its great adversity and pain and suffering, because everything is in this world, from the highest to the lowest. I once had a rebbe who said that the same world which allows for Matan Torah to happen, the greatest event in human history. It's the very same world which had in Auschwitz. It's the highest to the lowest. And standing there at the foot of Harsinai, when the heavens are opened up before us, or God forbid, standing in concentration camp. And our world, our olam hazeh, it has this whole vast spectrum of experience. It has hatslochos, wonderful things, and sorrows. Shabo, and here in this world, Yikabil harasha, a wicked person who has just a few good things that need to be rewarded, he could receive that, gemul, miyud the little bit of merit he has, asher lo, in the successes of this world. So you have a wicked person, and sometimes you see a wicked person is wealthy and they seem to have a good life, one way to look at that, and remember this is just the first step of many, is that he's being given his reward in Olam HaZeh, in wealth or whatever else he has. Vahatsarik, and then you have a righteous person. Onesh Avonosav. The Onesh, the discipline or punishment he has to have for his few Averos. Be Yisurim That they're accounted for in the Yisurim in the suffering of this world. Therefore, the mishpat will be accounted for with complete justice. So the great Rishoyim, the very wicked people, they get their schar here, and therefore they're done after this world. The tzaddikim and righteous people, they get their own ish here. And therefore, when it comes to the world to come, they're free and clear with their tzidkus, with their righteousness. V'yishor ho'inyan la'olam haba, and then in olam haba, you have remaining, k'mosha ra'uy lamatsav that which is fitting for that state of shlemus. Because in everything there, and every person there is kulotov, it's all been accounted for. sheyisharu that the righteous people will remain there, there will be no wicked people. So in terms of the klal, that part is accomplished. The klal is all tov. And then each and every individual will be without any barriers. In themselves, because that's already been accounted for in Olam Hazer. To receive that ultimate joy and pleasure in Olam Haba and the, true, the truly wicked will be cast aside and perished, and they will not have any complaint, I meaning they'll have no claim against that because justice will have been done. So you could say, okay, we're done, right? That's, that takes care of that. Now we understand that the tzadikim get punished here, the him get rewarded here, Everybody goes to Lomba Habo, it's a show okay, that's the end of the same But We see there's a lot, a lot more pages to go, right? So it's not, not so fast. That's what I mean. It appears black and white, but only to a certain extent, and there's a lot more to it. This is where a lot of people, in terms of their Hashkaffa, is where a lot of people close the book. Okay, we get the basic understanding, but there's too much more to it to close the book at this point. That's how we're going to keep learning. We're not going to close this semester right here at this point. Yeah, please, this is Ramchal is always reflecting the Torah and the words of the Chachamim that this is not his own personal opinion. So he is drawing on Torah shebithav, Torah shebaape in order to write these things. So for example, a few examples in the written Torah, Shema, the second paragraph of Shema Yhyeh Shema talks about reward and punishment. You have the Torah and the Torah it talks about all the Hashechah horrible things in this world. And then you have various places in the Torah that talk about the nice things in this world. So Torah She'bih in its very concise manner, alludes to this and sometimes talks about it directly. But the more information when it comes to these topics is Torah Shabbat al It's the oral Torah. It's Chazal, both in the Gomorrah and in Midrash and in Zohar. That's where the Ramachal is quoting a lot of his knowledge from. From Torah Shabbal Pair. But you do have this reference to a certain extent in Torah Shad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Is there another hand up? Yeah, please. Chana. The quality of any punishment or reward in this world is completely different than in the next world. Yeah. So how is that equal? Yeah, true? very good point. So the the idea is that in a certain way especially you see this by tzaddikim, because of that principle, they would rather undergo what they have to here, much rather do that than over there. And that we, we see that with Yehuda and Tamar, that when Tamar says to him, puts out that message, whoever these belong to, you know, that's who I'm pregnant to, so Yehuda says there, and the Chachamim say this, that he'd rather suffer the embarrassment in olam hazeh than to suffer what he would have to in olam haba. Let him go through the busha here and take care of it. So yes, qualitatively it is different, but Hashem is allowing for that. He is allowing that this world, which has a little bit of hatzlacha or tzoris relative to ultimate, in very specific situations, can account for it. And the same thing for a Russia who doesn't really value that which is truly spiritually important. They very much enjoy the hatzlacha they're getting in this world. It fits nicely into their context of what the world means. So yes, it's not the same, but Hashem set it up in such a way that it can compensate for it based on the mute of the Mycene. Remember, it's not the rove. The rove has to be taken care of in the ultimate place. But for the mute, that can be handled in this world, which is a mute kind of world. It's much less, much more ma'at than the ultimate world. I mean, the roshas neshama appreciates spiritual. Yeah, we, we, would, we would think so. That's true. And so therefore it would be very rare for a person to truly lose out in olam habay. One would have to be a a complete Russia, a Russia Gomorrah, where destroy them destroy themselves spiritually to get to that point. Is it just for Jewish people? Jewish For Jewish Rishoyim, we say, there seems to be, to, to me, a difference of opinion on this. That the working principle is Kol Yisrael, chay haba. every yid has a portion in olam haba. That's our working principle. So therefore, does that mean across the board, kol Yisrael, or there are, are there, as there often are, a few exceptions to that? The, the Ramchal says elsewhere that it's amongst the rarest of the rare circumstances that a Jew could lose that chilek. The rarest of the rare, the miyut of the miyut. So That seems to be his opinion. I did see in the Sefer pre from Rav Sadoch that he says that it cannot happen to a Jew, that Laval Yidach Mimen Hashem will find a way that no Jew will be cast aside from him. So therefore this could happen to a Gentile who is a Russia, but not to a Jew. So it's either the fewest of the few when it comes to Klai like the Ramchal, or like the pre Sadik. It just simply doesn't happen at all. Please, yes. When would you say that someone is a Russia or not, would you say that's judged on Hashanah here, and that's how they, like, like if is like a principle that's carrying through how they're going to be judged in life here, Do you think that everybody is judged with their status on Rosh Hashanah the, the Rosh Hashanah year-to-year dean is a little microcosm of the ultimate dean at the end of one's life. And really the dean of Rosh Hashanah and the Sersimei is really about the upcoming year. It's Sadiq or Rosh Based, Based on the previous year, is that person going to be Zoha to another year? Now sometimes they'll be Zocha to another year based on the fact that they did my Tovim in the previous year. But you can also have a Russia who for whatever reason is Zocha to another year of life. Yeah. But according to yeah. The, wouldn't it wouldn't it be that the Titic Russia analysis and Roshana determines which type of judgment they're gonna have for the not whether they're gonna live or die, but whether they're gonna, you know, have their Mia dealt with, you know, no, it's two different dinim. Because otherwise, at the end of every year, all the Rishoyim would die and all the Tzadikim would live. If it was that absolute, then we know what's what. But it doesn't happen like that. It's more so what's going to happen this coming year. At the end of, the, at the end of one's life, after 120, then it's all considered, the entire life, year to year to year, everything. But each year is a deen on that year, and will that person live another year? It's not a dean whether or not they are a complete Tzaddik or a complete Russia in their lifetime. It's a Tzaddik and a Russia relative to what's going to happen in this coming year. You see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, please, this is fine, yeah. Two, two yeah. Is, is there a moment that talks about Ahab not having a tailor? Yeah, there's a... There's a um, a Mishnah in Sanhedrin about a few people who don't have a in so the chilek and Olam Haba. So he actually brings that up and I, I don't remember his very subtle way of dealing with it but he brings that up in his mimer and he has a way to deal with it. I don't remember how. He brings it up and he answers the question from that Mishnah which states a few people who don't have the chilek and Olam Haba. And he says that's not quite what it means then he explains how. What's that, Linda? By yeah. <laughs> <laughs> friend. By oh, friend. Family. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing it. I was on Ruby, and I was listening to it on lunch break, and I was shocked. Uh-huh. It was such a humongous concept. Uh-huh. You know, because I, you, know, you hear about car and you hear about Korah, mm-hmm. and you hear about... And, and all of a sudden, he brought up that thing that you can't lose it. But it right. wasn't mm-hmm. after this life. It was after all your life. Like, it was a Shama thing. So, right. You know. <laughs> hmm Ask him. Right? <laughs> uh, my Please. Other question, yes. So that seems to put the whole concept of tzadig viralo flipping on its head because if it's a tzadik vitovlo, that's not good. Yeah, so the Balatanya has a different understanding of what tzadig viralo and tzadig vitovlo means. The basic understanding is that you have a person who's a tzadik viralo and he's having a Suffering in this world, unfortunately. Roshavitovlo, wicked person who is you know, living it up. So tzaddik vitovlo, right? a tzaddik who is completely righteous and also has a good life. And you do have tzaddikim like, like that. So that would be, according to one way of understanding it, that their nisyonos have to do with things that we normally consider to be brachos. So wealth is a nisayon. Wealth is a nisayon. It's not the same nisayon as poverty. It's completely different, but it is a nisayon. Some people say it's harder. So that sadik Vitovlo, he has it good in this world because his his nisayonos are based in in the realm of bracha and tov. Will he handle that at its best level? with proper hakorasatov, never letting it get to one's head, being charitable, all those things that come along with wealth. The Balatanya says it a little differently. He says that a tzaddik has different levels to it. There's a tzaddik, which is a tzaddik gomer; He's not a complete tzaddik, but he almost is. So he still has a little bit of ra in him. That's what he calls tzaddik viralo. So righteous person who still has a little bit of Ra. But Tsadik Vitovlo is a tsadik gumwar. He has no Ra. He's completely overcome his Yetzer Hara. That's Devanam HaMelech and somebody like him. He shechted his Yetzer Hara. So Tsadik Vitovlo could also mean that, like the Balatanya explains, that they have completely rid themselves of Ra. Tsadik Vitovlo, all he has is Tov. Completely. So that's one way, two two ways to look at that Sadek to Tovloh idea. Yeah, Doreen, did you have the hand up, please? Oh, I was just going to say about the hmm? like question. Yeah. It almost sounds like it's the question getting the Russia or they know the opportunity say, oh, well, maybe it wasn't so good, but next year <laughs> this opportunity, I'm going to give you this opportunity to do good. Next. Yes. Yes, so, absolutely. Now the Ramban is writing like that and similar to, to what I mentioned before, that relative to Rosh Hashanah, Tzadik and Russia mean to life in this world in the coming year. Are you Zohid to that or are you not Zochid to that? So Tzadik is a person who is Zohid to life for this coming year, for whatever reason. They might be a Russia. Russia is a person who is not Zohid to life in this coming year. They may be a Tzadik. In terms of their whole life picture, they may be a tzaddik. But relative to this year, Russia, meaning that they have to die. Mm. That's how the Ramban understands this. Wow. Yes, please. Brad. Well, if that's the case, then how is anyone supposed, well, supposed to know what happened in But let's say someone was a and for some reason they're not built enough to live, how would they know if they're a tzaddik and they're apparently doing their best? We, we don't know. Chuvah and ma'asim always, you know, are the way to prevent it because even a person who has a gazar deen, God forbid, of Misa, can change that. So the Rosh Hashanah, Aser HaSamei chuvah Yom Kippur process is always helpful. A person who has a deen, chasashom of Misa, can be mahapech that to a deen of Chaim. Based on their filos on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and during that time, they can actually change the dean. Sorry, I not he? No one's immune, No one's immune. Absolutely. Kavakoras roa edro. Right, we're like a sheep walking in front of the shepherd. He taps. and looks at every single one. That's Hashem looking at at each Jew. Yeah, please, Sarah. Right, right, so difficult lives. So this, some of these things, which the Ramcha will touch on a little bit later, they don't have to do with Bechira and Myson. <clears throat> they have to do with a person, the Shoresh Neshama, at the very root of their soul. And that person's Neshama has to go through certain experiences in this world, period. And it's not related to their not related to their Bechira. That there's a Gezerah on that person. It's like the Chazal which says before a person comes into the world Hashem says you will be rich or you will be poor, you will be tall, you will be short. This is how you're going to be. So that's their lot in life. And within that lot in life which is ordained that's where our Bechira lies. So really Bechira is limited. Bechir is within a certain parameter, and the parameters are the context of our life. If Hashem has decreed that this person in their life shall be healthy and they'll live a healthy life, then their Bechir lies within that. That doesn't mean that person can ever get sick. If, if for whatever reason a person has to be sick, has during their life, all of their choices are within that context. And you know, you see see people who unfortunately have this lot, that they're constantly struggling with illness and health, and it's back and forth for years and years. That's not related really to anything that they did. It could be, obviously, but in the context of this conversation, their Shorish Neshama needed those nisyonos in life, and Hashem gave them those Nisionos in life. So really, all of our our avoda then, is of course, ma'isim because maybe some of it is due to our own bechira, and certainly some of it is. We have bechira, Truva ma'isim And secondly, is amuna and bitacha, to really rely on Hashem, which is a very difficult thing to do. I don't say this is easy. To rely on Hashem, that our place in life is according to His wisdom and that we accept that. That's a very hard thing to accomplish, but we're all working on that. That somehow Hashem knows what's best for us. We don't understand it, but we believe that it's right, and to be makabel that deen and that approach. So There's a lot in there, and that's, of course, the more nuanced things that I was referring to starting to touch on them a little further on. Okay, uh, what time does the clock say there? I can't see it. What do we got? Okay, good. So we still got more time. Okay, Letter Dalit. Letter Dalit, top of page 51. V'omnam. Moreover, Gozar od chasto yisborach. Hashem decreed in his kindness laharbos ha-hatzlocha that he wants the hatzlocha, the success of, the, of our life mission, to be available and for it to be increased now of course that statement makes a tremendous amount of sense hashem wants us to have Devekus in olam haba that's why he put us here so he's going to do kiyyocha everything that he can to make sure that that happens so he's marveh the hatzlacha he increases our chances of success So you must say od min min acher that there's another type of tzayruf, and that means purification or purging. Lemi shayitachin bo hatzayruf, for a person that this is shaykh who this is relevant to. Dahaynu, lemi shagovar bo tigboris a person who, let's say, has done a lot of bad things in their life. Ach lo kol kach shayihiyah mishpato la haavido lagamre but not to the extent that his deen is that he has to completely perish. He's really bad, but he has some redeeming qualities, and he doesn't deserve to have no chilek in Olam that's what we call onshim. In English, that means punishment, also not such a great word. Shehayoser rashum bohem hu hadin b'gehanim. The one which is most well-known is having to to go to Gehenna. So Gehenna is a place where a person becomes purified from the Averos they did here. So if they did so much Ra that the tsoris of this world is not enough to purge them of their Ra, then Gehenna in the next world will do that. So if you put that together with the Ramchal's first statement of this paragraph, Gehenna is a chesed. Hashem is marbe Hatzlocha. He increases our chances for success, so he creates Gehenna. So therefore, in principle, Gehenna is a good thing. We don't want to go there, <laughs> but it's a good thing. It purges us of Ra. V'hakavona bo, and the intention there, hu'u l'ha'anish anish to punish or cleanse. The one who was chhote kifi ha according to their chataim. B'ofan in such a way is Sha'achare he oncho that after they endure that onesh, Lo Yihiya od chov allove, there's no more chov, there's no more culpability, they're done, they're cleansed. Al Hamasa Hara Sha'asa for the bad thing they did. The Yukal Ahare and afterwards they are then able to Kabeel Hagamul Ha'amiti to receive ultimate goodness, according to the good things that they did. So they have enough good things to have earned a chalik and Olam Haba. God doesn't take that away from them. They earned it. But all of that ra needs to be taken away. That happens through Gehenna. So therefore we find, this kind of goes back to your question before, Khana, that Based on this ha'ovdim mamish, those who would truly perish, mi miseirv lo khabir, will be the smallest of the small. You really have to be a complete thorough Russia to, to lose out. Kihi ne lo yihiyu ella osam, because it would be those people Shagovar bohem hora, shir kol kach godol, who are so thoroughly wicked. Sha'i Fshar Shayyimudse Loham Makom that it's not possible to find any place, Bishum Panim whatsoever lihios nisharim, to remain, big mul ho amiti ubaha in that ultimate place of joy in Olam Haba. So therefore, Vihine Nimso Hadin Mishalek Lish So now we're gonna say there's three parts, not just Olum Hazeh Olam Haba. But now we're getting a little more specific. Ki korohu Hathiya Zaharnu. The ikr of olam haba means following to chiyas when we all come back, body and soul. That's a whole discussion into oneself. We once learned it. That's the ikr of olam haba, when we're there in that state of closeness to God. Ahamasim hama'asim Ligomel kodem but those deeds which need to be compensated for before that ultimate state in Olam HaBa, Yesh Mehem some of them will be taken care of here in this world, like we discussed, the Yesh Mehem Malu Ba and others will be taken care of in the Olam Hanishama. So, what is the Olam Hanishamos? That's where an nishama goes after a person dies. Even though we usually call that in colloquial terms Olam Haba, we say a person dies, they go to Olam Haba, that's how we say it. It's okay to say that, it's not, you know, but it's not actually true. Olam Haba is after Tchiyas mason. That's Olam Haba. Where a person's neshama go after they leave this world, in Shemayim, that is technically called Olam Olam So the souls are there, And that's why it's called Olam HaNeshamos, because the body is not there, the goof is in the kever, the goof is in the grave. In the ultimate world of Olam Habah, that's neshama and goof together; they're rejoined. The body is rebuilt into an eternal goof, a different kind of goof. But Olam HaNeshamos is the world of souls, because that's all that's there is neshamos, and it's there that a person could have to endure Gehennem if they need to. And there's also levels of Gan Eden in Olam HaNeshamos for people to begin receiving some of the Schar for Olam Hazeh, even there in Olam HaNeshamos. It's not complete until Tchias HaMesim, but you can start. Uh, There are levels of Gan Eden even there. Now, I think we have discussed this, but our Chachamim have told us that in terms of the Onesh of Gehennem, if that has to happen, it's a one-year maximum sentence in Gehenna. One-year sentence. So that's why the Minhag is in Klai when we say Kaddish for somebody, that we say Kaddish for 11 months. Because we're making a statement, that person doesn't need to be in Gehenna anymore. Why not 12? Because 12 would say they're really a Russia. They had to be there all 12 months. 11 is a statement of belief in people that we're making, that Hashem wants us to make. They're not there anymore. They, 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 they finish their sentence, their time in Gehenna. So we believe in each other. We believe in each other. And we're saying when we stop at 11 months, they're out. They're out of Gehenna. Now they're uh, climbing up different le- levels of Gan Eden. So that's the maximum time is one year. And that, of course, coincides with your sites and things like that and the whole one-year cycle, after that first year that a person passes away, there's no more Gehenim, that's all. They're climbing from that point. I just want to make another point on that. This also demonstrates Hashem's chesed in tov. We don't believe in eternal punishment. The idea that a person would suffer forever and ever and ever, created by God to suffer for eternity, it's completely foreign to Judaism. But the idea that one has to suffer for a limited period of time in order to cleanse themselves of any ra that they did, that's the Jewish concept. And that's the word onesh. That really is what onesh means. We would call it in English constructive punishment, that there's a purpose behind it. It's not just um, getting punished. Yeah, please, Dorian, I had a hand up? I'm sorry, somebody, yes. Yeah, Mrs. is How come they don't say Kaddish? You mean in Shul? Yeah. yeah. So, two things. Number one is by the letter of the law, a woman could say Kaddish in Shul. By the letter of the law, it's permissible. If she's standing in the Ezra's Nashim and, and she says Kaddish. By the letter of the law, it's permitted. She's not singing. It's not Kalisha. However, it all depends on minhag. And the minhag in most shuls nowadays is that women don't say Kaddish. I would assume it's related to its news factor, just not, not drawing attention to oneself as a woman. I would assume that. I'm not 100% sure if that's the case, but I would assume that. So if that's a situation where, let's say, someone needs to say Kaddish, and the one person who's left in their family who could say Kaddish for them is a woman, we would, we would have that Kaddish said by somebody else if they daven in a shul, where women don't say Kaddish, which is mostly the minog, as I said, in our time. I heard, from, in the name of Rabbi Ruderman, Zatzal, that there were kehilos in Europe where women said Kaddish. So it's not a, so to speak, um, who's from her thing. It's not. But that's how it developed. And for whatever reason, it's more so the case that women don't say Kaddish and Arkihilas. And I do think it has to do with not drawing attention to oneself. I think that's the idea. Did you have your hand up? No? Please. Yeah, Sarah, please. Is there some understanding that the year of mourning, we usually look at it as time. Time goes by, and then the pain, the hurt lessens. But is there some understanding that being that the, the shammah, the, su- the suffering of the shammah, that there is no more suffering, that that somehow is spelled? Corresponding. Interesting. That's a very interesting thought. I don't know if that's the case, but it certainly makes sense to me that that could happen. Now, we do know about this principle that, you know, with time, you know, people start to heal. They don't forget, but they heal. So part of that is just the passage of time. That's built into the Bria, the way Asha made it. But to, in my mind, it's very possible that what you said is true, that it may be related as well to... What's happening up there? Interesting thought. Yeah, Elka, please. Me. Is there a um, uh, principle that, you know, it's the type of Gehemian quotes, like, it could be, the way you just described it, it almost sounded like everyone is going to go through 11 months, but isn't it possible that it could be less? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It could be less time. It's not a strict thing that a person has been no. for 11 months. No, it's not. It could be less than that. And there are different kinds of Gehenna. There's called the Gehenna shel esh, which is fire. There's also a Gehenna of Shelag. A little bit this winter we tasted a little bit of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Shelig is not an easy thing to deal with, you know, ice and, and, and snow. So there are different kinds of Gehenna very specific to whatever that person needs for their tikkun. Yeah. So you know, like, so Hashem in his also was advised to more intense for a period of time for mm-hmm. some people and less intense for a longer period of time. And all that That's right. Right. It's all according to the Mishpat Ha'Elyon, Hashem's divine justice for what every Neshama needs based on what they did in this world. For sure. Please. a great question because a person has to exert effort in tshuva yes. it's, not, it's not, not a formula it's a real human experience and in that effort you know so to speak is suffering it's not the same but there is some really putting oneself on the line and being moser nefesh in a powerful act of tshuva so God looks at that in that way and that's that counts what well, you do, that counts. There's another interesting concept, where do we see it in the Ramchal, in, in Masil Sisharim, where he talks about the, the necessity for harata, for regret, as part of the truva process. Why does one have to regret what they did? And he calls it in Akiras Haratzon, that it shows that a person has changed their will. So before they wanted to do that Avera, to some degree or another. Their zone was in it. Harata is, my zone is no longer in that place. And in a real tshuva, that harata is going to be very, very sincere and authentic. And that is really what Hashem wants. He wants that change in the person that they're no longer in that place anymore. And therefore, harata and that tshuva shows Hashem I'm in a different place right now may take one more. Yeah, Julie, please. In terms of Shiva, though, I mean, realistically, with Shiva, uh, there's different levels of sincerity with Shiva. Uh. That's right. That's right. So, you know, so I'm just wondering, like, how does Hashim deal with that? Like, you're, you're, you know, you're working on it, you're talking about it, you're. But you know you don't have as much regret as you could. You know you you want to do something the next year and you you take it on, but you don't end up doing it. Or but you really did have intention when you talk. You know, and when you were doing it over the days of Chuba, but you know it did materialize or or whatever it was. I mean, you know, it's there's all these different steps to the Chuba process. Right. That actually um, happens like <laughs> <laughs> that. just happened to you. <laughs> you. Talk about just most people. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. So I'm just yeah. saying, like you know. You know, I'd actually like believe that like, you know, if you're putting in some effort, obviously the more sincere, it the better it is, but you know, the process. Absolutely. Every so. every step counts, every little bit counts, every effort counts. And of course, to do a sincere truva is a very high madrega. Right. So we're working our way toward a sincere truva. We might get a little bit of that each year, a little better, a little better. And as long as we can hopefully chart our progress, even with our ups and downs that we're moving forward in our tshuva process, then we always remember that Hashem is a Baal and right? He is of infinite compassion, and He's seeing our, our growth and our tshuva and encouraging us to do more. So of course He takes that into consideration, and it's very worthy you know, in His eyes that we're putting forth our effort. It's not all or It's not all or nothing. Have a great week, everybody. I Good to see you. I'll get you the minutes to sign there. Gil, do I push the button again?